Welcome to this week's episode of the Versatile Writer Podcast. First of all, I wish you a happy and healthy new year. It's now 2021, and as we know, and probably don't need to be reminded, 2020 was a rotten egg of a year. However, after 365 days of it, it's over now, and we have a fresh, rather glossy-looking 2021 to look forward to and enjoy. As we're in the first few days of it, currently it's still full of hope and wonder. Let's hope it continues that way. Rather appropriately, this week's episode is about New Year's resolutions. Those of us who start the new year on January the 1st often see the new year as a place to begin fresh, whether that is in business or in our personal lives. It could be the time of year that you consider starting something new or, indeed, stopping something you've been doing. Usually we start or stop something by way of bettering ourselves. We put a line underneath the last year and look forward to creating a new year with a new us. In my experience, resolutions can be the very best or the very worst of decisions to make. If the resolution depends on you making it happen, then its success hangs on you being in total control of yourself. In a logical and practical way of living, this is wonderful. Who doesn't like to have total autonomy? However, in the world of creativity, where boundaries are often blurred and ideas and imaginations are paramount, having control over ourselves doesn't always work out well. I think one reason this happens is because we work so hard on creating characters from scratch and giving them a kind of control over themselves. It feels tough to do the same thing to ourselves. We can control the situation the character finds themselves in, but nobody can control the situation we find ourselves in. To some extent, we have no control over our outside environment. 2020 was testament to that. Being in complete control of our lives is one thing, but on a daily basis, emotions creep in, influences from other people creep in, and we can easily get sidetracked. Chances are you'll allow yourself a treat or two, or three, or four. Sometimes that treat is food, drink, a nap, a holiday even. Unless we make sure that every treat is healthy, our resolution may not be easily upheld. Often, when we resolve to start something, it's because we want to develop ourselves. It might be a fitness resolution, or eating less, or eating more, exercising more. And this is the time of year we see slimming products and gyms advertised more and more on TV or radio. And it's likely your social media feed will be also peppered with sponsored posts about losing weight, stopping drinking or stopping smoking. Those are the top three in my experience. Then, since this is a writing podcast, writing more often might be your resolution. Maybe you've got a book you want to write, but have been lacking the motivation So this year, 2021, could be the time to actually do it. Or you've felt intimidated by the amount of work you'll think you'll have to do. You might have been procrastinating with the book for years. It's creation or how to publish it. The whole thing can be quite intimidating. Intimidation and procrastination are often great bedfellows. Believe me, I know. If they gang up on you at the same time, it can feel quite miserable as you'll probably be feeling unmotivated and scared to move forwards. 
Perhaps you may resolve to publish the book you've been editing to within an inch of its life. It might even be the time to consider submitting your synopsis of that book to an agent or a publisher. Resolutions are also a good time to consider stopping things, especially if those things are not doing you any good. Like I said, the obvious ones are stopping smoking, stopping drinking, stopping overeating, or just stopping eating unhealthy foods. Maybe those aren't the thing that needs resolving for you. Maybe it's more likely to be stopping talking badly about yourself or stopping thinking the worst of others. Here's a slight digression, but it will add some context. Some years ago, when I was in my early 20s, I switched on the TV in time to watch the miniseries of L.M. Montgomery's Anne of Green Gables. Although I had heard of the book before, I hadn't read it. However, after watching the miniseries, I was hooked and headed to my local library afterwards to hire a copy. The story of Anne with an E became really important to me. She was so enchanting. The miniseries version I loved had Megan Fellows playing Anne. Later on, when I had a child, interestingly, the first book she chose to bring home from school in her reading folder was Anne of Green Gables. I suspect it was partly because we'd watched the movies together too and she felt it was a familiar book. I've mentioned this before on the Versatile Writer podcast, but I'm one of those odd people who watches the movie or TV show first and then realises they've not read the book. I'm a big screen lover, whether it's TV and movies on the TV or movies at the cinema. I really enjoy the visual aspect of art and I really admire actors and how they manage to get across the belief that they are this other person. That alone fills me with awe. Once I fall in love with a story, I absolutely need to know more, so reading the book often gives you that little bit extra that you can't get from the movie. It's quite rare for me to have this scenario the other way around. There is a reason I mentioned Anne Shirley during this podcast about resolutions though. And Shirley said, Isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet? Now, if memory serves me well, and most of the time it really doesn't, I believe she said that to Marilla Cuthbert, the woman who became her reluctant guardian because Anne wasn't the boy she and her brother Matthew wanted for farm working. And later, Marilla, as near to a mother as the orphan was, was ever going to get. This is just to give you some context. The story is set on Prince Edward Island in Canada and Anne Shirley is as passionate about stories as she is about writing them and creating imaginary characters. It's a charming story and one that moved me in my early 20s. Now the reason I mentioned that comment of isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet is because when we consider New Year's resolutions we're filled with the hope that we can carry it off ensuring it will be part of the new us. These mistakes that Anne speaks about might relate to you in your resolution, like having an unhealthy meal instead of the good one, having a glass of wine at dinner instead of the freshly filtered water you intended, or missing a day at the gym you've just bought a gym membership for. Now, those mistakes are going to happen, no matter how much of an in-control person you are, and that's because we're all human. And sometimes it's not about just being human, it's about the outside control that we don't have. In fact, to quote the poet Alexander Pope, to err is human, to forgive the divine. Now, erring is one of the things I know for sure I'm really good at, and I bet you can relate to that as well in your life. Except we don't call it erring, do we? 
Years ago, my resolutions were things like not biting my nails, something I used to do when I was a child, saving my pocket money, which we all try in life, clean my room more. This rarely happened, so much so my mum used to walk into my room and say it looked like I'd been burgled because everything was hanging out of drawers and cupboards. I recall one year I even resolved to try harder at school. I'm saying that in air quotes. As I left school with no qualifications to speak of, not because I didn't try hard, because I was doing the best I could already. Trying harder seemed like a pointless resolution as you look back, as you can't try any more than giving it all, all of the time anyway. Trying harder only set me up to fail harder than I was already doing. The mention of Anne of Green Gables earlier is also because she constantly tried every day to be, as they say nowadays, a better version of herself. But when that new day arrived, she would always find that she couldn't bite her tongue quickly enough when somebody upset her. She would always get herself into trouble due to her quick temper and her outspoken ways. Being an orphan meant she had to look out for herself and being bullied provoked her volatility. She was bullied by other children for being a redhead, being clever and being an orphan. I hope you've read the story and I hope you know the kinds of predicaments she managed to get herself into. It's a very much a book worth reading. It was because of one of those predicaments that she and Marilla had the conversation where Anne said, isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet? The one part of the statement that speaks volumes is the word slapped on the end, yet. Even that tells us that mistakes are likely. There are no mistakes in it, yet. Hearing the words New Year's resolutions instantly fills me with excitement at hearing what people are going to do. I honestly do get excited at the anticipation because it's like a challenge. We're challenging ourselves to uphold the tasks we've set. At the same time, the cynical me thinks telling the world those resolutions means you're setting yourself up not to achieve them. Now, I don't say this to sound miserable or depressive or even to put others down. Genuinely, if you can uphold your resolutions and achieve them, go for it and power to you while you'll do it. I've done it myself in the past many times. I've talked about self-sabotage before on this podcast too, and I feel that as creatives with a capital C... As creatives, with a capital C, resolutions or goals are excellent things to achieve. But having unreasonable goals, or unrealistic ones, or even changing these goalposts halfway through just makes things even tougher. Adding to that, our brains go some way into enabling other things to get in the way. Just to make it that much tougher, hence self-sabotage. I do enjoy a challenge, but then I also appreciate an easy life. I'm self-employed, so finding paid work isn't always an easy task, believe me. On top of that, I create stories which may or may not become novels. I write monthly newsletters. I design creative writing workshops. And I run several writing groups, including a monthly coaching group. So you see, none of that is particularly easy. And most of the time, they're all a challenge in some way. Mostly, thankfully, a good challenge. In January... In the UK, the weather is often dismal. It's winter, so it's dark most of the time. It's wet, it's cold, sometimes icy or snowy, and those around us are not likely to be good humoured. So it's really tough to expect so much of yourself at this time of year. 
I often think it's a shame that New Year resolutions can't be made when the spring hits or when the weather is brighter. Buds are on the trees, bringing with them new feelings of hope and blossoming ideas. And generally, when you get to see the sun more often and absorb its all-important vitamin D, our energy feels renewed too at that time of year. But no, no, we make it tough on ourselves to do this new thing in the bleakest part of the year and still expect ourselves to achieve it and come out on top. I mean, seriously. And that's why I believe that resolutions are not the way forward for me, but smaller monthly challenges are. As you might imagine, I won't be making resolutions this year. It would be crazy if I said, I'm going to do this now after saying all this. Not because I believe I'm already perfect, (laughs) far from it, but because I set myself monthly challenges anyway. As an example of a monthly challenge, early in 2020, I began a sci-fi story, which I've mentioned many times on The Versatile Writer, in which I've created many more characters than I would ordinarily use. My usual is around six. I believe I can keep track of six main characters in a novel and several, as I call them, walk-on parts. In a short story, I probably wouldn't use more than maybe four people unless the, the story called for it. This particular story, however, has 13. There is a reason for this, and it does become clear in the story. However, trying to write coherently about 13 different main characters was quite a challenge, almost to the point of crippling my motivation to write it. But then I gave serious thought to it and worked on ways to put them into groups of three or four, and then have one or two merge into another group. For research and a bit of visual help, I watched TV shows that had casts of many and saw how they worked the issue. To paint the picture visually, think about TV shows like Chicago Fire and Chicago Med and Chicago PD. They have many characters, all seemingly main characters. I think I've got on top of it now, but it was certainly a huge challenge ensuring that each character was absolutely needed and each character had their own unique personality, because if they didn't, A, I'd have to go back to basics with the creation of each one. And B, what was the point of having so many characters if I could merge two or three into just one? For the recent festive period, I decided to use any free time I had to study. I realise you might think that after the past six years of uni study that I'd had quite enough, and I have. However, when it comes to bettering the services I provide through my business, I believe it's a good thing to continually develop. In fact, it's actually got a name, hasn't it? Continued Professional Development. This studying was my challenge for the month. Once January is over, I'll look towards February and March before I review it to see what I can challenge myself and to improve myself personally or improve my business. And so it goes on throughout the year. Having a rolling continued development plan rather than a much larger start of the year resolution works better for me. Smaller continued challenges are easier to achieve than a big annual hit. I tend to make a note of the significant ones and, at the end of the year, post them to social media by way of highlighting, mostly to myself, what I achieved that year. I do this because so often we always achieve something and then promptly forget all about it or decrease its importance, like dismiss it as as an afterthought. Making note of it and adding it to the others we achieve throughout the year makes it feel like you actually achieved something. It's a sort of New Year's resolution in reverse. And that works for me. 
maybe it could for you too. The baseline messages in this week's The Versatile Writer podcast are to choose wisely if you want to have a resolution. And if you do, choose one that you can keep on top of. And secondly, if resolutions aren't for you, but you do want to personally develop, why not organise a monthly challenge instead? If it's writing related, then so much the better. Finally, I wish you a very safe and successful 2021. And remember that every new day is fresh, with no mistakes in it, yet. Thank you for listening to this week's The Versatile Writer with me, Sarah Bannum. I'll be back next week. I hope you can join me then too. Bye.